Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I am your host, Nick the Man Penner, and we have my co-hosts, WizKid Jeremiah Johnson and handsome Jamil Hussan. Welcome to this off-season podcast, boys. Oh, I feel so happy, good. Happy New Year, boys. <clears throat> Uh, 2017 is shaping up to be a great year for the Flexbox <clears throat> Fantasy Federation. Baseball is just around the corner. A uh, couple, couple more weeks to go yet, but uh, at this point, it's closer to the next season than to the last season. Uh, so we're there. almost there. Almost spring training. <clears throat> so obviously, it's been a very exciting off season uh, for the league. There have been. Uh, there was the minor league draft already back in September. Uh, we've had a bunch of trades going on, as I'm sure everyone has noticed. Uh, and we also have had a couple of changes from the league office perspective that I can talk about in a minute. Uh, anything you guys want to say to start out? Well, uh, Jeremiah needs to chill with them trades. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm almost done. I think I'm pretty much done. You're not done? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd like a better DH, but I digress. Has he set the record for off-season trades already? I think. I think so. <laughs> like, that's no, a lot. I've made that many. Alright, yeah. well, I don't know. When when the off-season started? I'm trying to look now. October. Yeah. Hey, you know, lots of people are making trades now, though, which is good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the start of the season. That's all I have to say. I'm anxious. Yeah, uh, well, we might as well just jump into talking about some of the transactions that have happened. Uh, and I think Jeremiah is obviously the most appropriate person to have talk about this. Uh, so, Jeremiah, what have you been up to? Do you want to talk about any of the deals you've made? Yes, please. Talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Um, I- I'm looking at all the things that happened. I guess the one thing that I was really, really excited about recently was getting Gary Sanchez. Um, I know a lot of people think that he's overrated and, and overhyped and, and he's due for regression and that's all fine. But uh, I've been talking to Garth, I guess, for a while about it and uh, his price was really high. And eventually I just decided that uh, an elite guy like him at the catching position was something I, I really, really wanted. And uh, yeah, at the beginning of the offseason, I just decided like ninth place is like the worst place to be. Um, Jamil got in the playoffs, I guess, the last week of the season over myself okay. and uh <laughs> I mean, that was tough, but um, yeah, like I just didn't want to wait around for a rebuild, but I also didn't want to be super old. So I think the team that uh, I constructed now, I mean, aside from Adrian Gonzalez, who is super old, <laughs> is mostly is mostly in I think early to mid-20s. And uh, I have like a, a pretty big infatuation with arms at like uh, starting pitching. I don't think that's a secret. Last offseason, I had five five arms like this too, and I traded them all away. People bribed me. But uh, I'm trying to stay firm this year and keep the five arms I got and uh, hoping to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I have to say that Gary Sanchez trade uh, really surprised me. You told, you, were, uh, you told me that you were trying to get him, and I thought, okay, you, it'll be, it takes a lot of convincing to get him off Garth, but uh, you pulled it off. That's probably, I have to say, the most impressive because the catcher spot is really not, it's not that much guys for this, oh, usually for the catcher spot, so that's very imp- uh, impressive for you. I- Thank you. I think the other part of it too is uh, Garth's in a position where he's not really trying to compete, and I think that's a that, that was a big part of it. Was uh, I mean, Mazar is going to be really good. I do believe that he's only twenty one, and I think he's going to be really, really good. And Meadows is like a top, top 
15, 10 prospects. So, I mean, he got good value. I just think that if I was talking to anybody else, it probably wouldn't have happened. Well, yeah, well, you're in a position where you had to make that trade, I think, because, like, who who did you have in the catcher spot before? Like, nobody, right? No, no one really. Wilson Ramos, I think. Oh, Ramos, yeah. But he's going to miss the whole season, so. Yeah, yeah, so I felt pressured. And I don't know, there's a lot of deals, I guess, but I, I don't know. I still so, don't think I'm a top team. But Other than Gary Sanchez, was it a case where you were, like, targeting specific players or were you just trying to get the best guys who were available? I think it's a combination of both. I think that there was a lot of guys I target are not available, unfortunately. And then I find out later they are for prices I sometimes would pay, and that's frustrating. The the Machado thing was frustrating. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I usually try to, like, my thing is I like to ask everybody in the league, and I kind of come off probably as annoying because I ask so many people about, about players and who's available and what's there. But, um, for example, Jose Ramirez was somebody who wasn't really available until you start putting out names that that hurt to to mention but you could i think anyone's available for the right price so it was a good combination of both i'd say yeah uh well i mean the most obvious comparison uh in terms of a guy who finished just outside of the playoffs one season then made a ton of trades and came back stronger the next would be our good friend ryan uh who was ninth last season uh, was sort of playing the Jeremiah role that offseason, uh, really stepping up his team, and then ended up doing very well in 2016 in the league. Uh, of course, he did not end up winning. Chow is still the champion. <laughs> so uh, that's, a, that's a little target for you to beat there, Jeremiah. Well, the one thing I'll say for Ryan is that I think Ryan had a, a much better foundation than I do. Uh, I think he had Correa and Bryant still. Oh, yeah, that's fair. On, yeah. on his team, right? Whereas I don't really have... That at least in the hitting aspect of it, I don't really have that superstar player, right? Like looking at my lineup, I have a lot of good all-star players, but nobody who you're like, this guy's a top ten player in baseball, right? The way the Flex and Ryan and and Mike do, because those guys just don't. I was just talking to Ryan about this. They don't really become available, right? Like, how do you even get them, right? Like, you can't draft them because the keepers mean you can yeah. never draft. The minor league system takes a really long time, and all the best prospects are already owned. So it's very difficult to to acquire that, right? So you kind of have to get an edge a different way, like Nick's doing the bullpen thing. Uh, I'm trying to do the starting rotation thing, hoping that my consistency will push me up a bit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, I think we got to give a shout-out, though, to Mike, though. Right? Like, Let's look I'm, not a huge, I'm not a huge Mike fan, but... Look at all the tra- he's made a lot of trades too. I mean, his team, I'd say, is is already better. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I made a deal with him today that I thought was a real win-win. So, uh, yeah, I saw. I, that, yeah. I guess I can say that from my perspective. Oh, yeah, I was, I was uh, gonna, yeah, keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you about that, Nick. Like, what was the the rationale for you? Because I mean, you have Mike Napoli at first base, right? So, well, what's your- I mean, yeah, I mean. You know, I think at the start of the offseason, my real goal was to acquire some more solid starting pitching. Because I, before, a lot of the guys I had were like Scott Casimir, uh, Jaime Garcia, those kind of guys were really streaky last year for me, yeah. uh, which meant that they did well like at different times in the season. At times they were unbeatable. But then in the playoffs, they're, I don't want to say a collapse, but they just didn't play as well as they had been at previous points. 
Mm-hmm. So acquiring good, reliable starting pitching was a priority for me. But I think to a certain extent, I overcompensated with that. Uh, I gave up a couple of a key batters that uh, maybe I shouldn't have. But uh, I got Rich Hill uh, as part of a, a separate trade. And I know that was a guy that Mike was interested in. Uh, he had Albert Pools, who was surplus to him. So it was just a situation where now I've got an extra bat. I can do a couple different things. Might be looking to move Napoli. Might be looking to move V-Mart. Uh, and so I ended up, you know, giving some of my excess away for some of his excess, which benefited both of us. Hilariously, you got Rich Hill off me. And uh, you uh, you got Rich Hill off me, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, you got him off me, who I got off Jamil. So there you go. Um, well, and Jamil, that's, that's not the only trade you've made with Jeremiah this offseason, right? You've done a, yeah, a couple deals. done a bunch, yeah. Uh, I think we did uh, Cole Hamels for uh, Fowler and Mats, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. And I flipped Hamels for Hernandez, I think. I think that deal, uh, like, it was tough to give up Hamels because he, season, regular season-wise, he puts up a ton of numbers. But uh, I just really needed a center fielder. Like, last season, last season I was, like, I had Cameron Mabin, who... Mm-hmm. was like injured half the season and then uh, he offered steven matt so i was surprised i'm uh, i really like matt so I, I had to take the deal <laughs> and we also connected on the quintana for hernandez deal oh yeah that one as well so and i think we did uh what are you chris davis for yeah rich hill we did that one yeah yeah we did that one too so a couple times yeah what do you think about your off season so far are you looking to do anything um for me it's just all f- focus on what I lacked pretty much last season. Last season was, like, for my team is usually just, I just strike out a bunch of times. It doesn't really hit for average, but I think guys, like, getting, like, in the offseason, like, uh, what did I get? Fowler, like I said, getting a, a catcher, it, well, his stock kind of went down, but at the time, Evan Gaddis, for me, was a good trade. Um, and getting last season, getting Evan Longoria was huge at third base, so... I'm looking at towards of that, but my weakness probably right now would probably be a little bit of my pitching kind of downgraded a bit. But I think guys like uh, looking for rebound seasons from uh, King Felix, uh, Zimmerman, and uh, Ryu. Hopefully those guys bounce back for me. And uh, I, I got Samarja as well, so I can't forget about that. I was just going to say, I think, I think you, you still have good pitching. I mean, Samarja's still And Marco still Estrada, yeah. Yeah, you got Marco Estrada. I mean, these are like pretty, well, Estrada especially is a reliable guy, right? If unspectacular. Yeah. So, I mean, you still have, I'm counting at least four guys that I would say are solid. And then if you can get a bounce back from either Zimmerman or uh, Ryu, you're, you're golden. Yeah, I think uh, Matt's, let's see, Matt's put up 265. If he stays healthy, I think he could easily put 350 or near 400 next year. So High strikeout numbers too, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, relying on guys like my offense, guys like uh, Nelson Cruz, who every, every year has been good to me. Nice. I'm kind of regretting that. I don't know. I'm kind of regretting the Miguel Cabrera trade for me right now. So that, yeah. that one kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Travis Wood, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, no, I got yeah. – uh, who did I get? I traded uh, Cabrera and Travis Wood for Jose yeah, Abreu right. and Hernan Perez. So. Yeah, yeah. So what's the story of the offseason, guys? Like, is there anything that stands out in your opinions? Hmm. Like anybody that uh, well, you're I like... Mean, sorry. I, well, are you just asking from a league perspective or from an all-of-baseball perspective? A uh, league perspective, mainly. Well, um, I mean... 
Go ahead, Jamil. Yeah, just a lot of activity, I guess. Uh, right away, Jeremiah, as soon as uh, Cubs won, he was already uh, asking for <laughs> trades. So <laughs> it was quick activity, and uh, it kind of died down a bit near, like, uh, when once uh, late November hit. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of teams were active, and uh, it was good, which is good to see for a league standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, to elaborate on that, I think that in previous years, there'd been that same flurry right after the end of the season, but then it had like really died down uh, throughout the rest up until, you know, end of January, start of February. Uh, there's still been like a solid clip of trades all through November and December. And so I, I think that's just a reflection of how much more owners are paying attention these days, how much more communication there is between guys. Like, I mean, even if Kaminsky and I aren't actively working on a deal, we're still talking to each other a fair bit. And so that just, that's the sort of thing that breeds these larger deals that you see. Yeah, that sounds, uh, so far, that's what this uh, offseason has sound, uh, have looked like. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's too early to say winners and losers, uh, but Jeremiah, you've done very well for yourself. I think everyone in the league would acknowledge that. Uh, you know, you've really uh, sort of taken some steps forward with your team. So I think you thank can you. be proud of that. I am proud. Thank you. Well, it's fair to say, like he went from like you know, like he said, ninth, tenth place to arguably could be top five. So uh, yeah, he probably early winner for uh, Jeremiah over here. <laughs> Wasn't nominated for GM of the Year this year. And then the awards kind of all got scrapped, so. <laughs> <laughs> Work in progress. Work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, I guess something that, that interests me kind of, I, I guess I just want your opinions, is like, can Mike consolidate his assets to 15 keepers right now? Yeah, I, I'm looking at that. Um, I think we talked about it before, uh, like, uh, during the break. Um, I, yeah. still, I still believe, well, you asked me who's top, you know, one to eight. Yeah. I still think Mike... On paper, barring any yeah. injuries, is number one to me. Like Contreras at catcher spot is really dangerous. That's a good. That's a good guy to have. Um, you know, Brantley's coming back. You know, Mike Trout's always is dangerous. But uh, yeah, who the heck? Who who's fifteen here? There's a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I think he's also number one. What about you, Nick? Uh, well, yeah, I think that if he's not number one, he's near the top. I still think Ryan. You know, has a has a very good team. Chow has some uh, some interest to him. Uh, if he makes a couple more moves yet, I think he could still improve his team this offseason. Uh, but I think that is a good question, is how do you get it down to 15? Uh, and I absolutely think Mike's got to have some tough conversations with himself right now about who he'd potentially not be keeping. Uh, and I think that's the situation where you can see some more deals for uh, picks and prospects. I know Mike doesn't have a lot of picks right now, but if he's got a couple of guys who are fringe fringe cases for him to keep, uh, like a, a Jose Reyes, uh, then maybe he flips those guys for some better picks and possibly even drafts them again come February. Fair enough. Call Nick, Mike, if you need a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I counted, I well, from my perspective, like I looked at who would be his 15. Uh, he looks like he's as, he's actually pretty solid. I don't think there's any odd man out. Like guys like, look like say Hector Norris. Like I don't know, I don't know if Smiley's a keeper for him. Pineda and Travis Wood. So those guys are probably the odd man out. What I will say is Mike did message me the other day asking if I wasn't keeping 15 guys, what the cost would be to store a player on my roster. Mm. So... I know he wants to keep Matt Holiday, for example. I know it's somebody oh, yeah. he really, really wants to keep. So, I mean, 
Chris Davis and Matt Holiday. It's redundant, right? Like no offense, like I gave Mike Holiday, but uh, I don't really see the appeal in a Holiday. I, I don't either, but Mike I think <laughs> finds the, finds the value in anybody, right? He's a salesman. Yeah. Like I literally, I literally picked him up once the season was done. Like he was just on a free agency, hoping to flip him, and I did. So. Yeah. Well, and I think also part of it is knowing how the draft works. Uh, and like Mike's a guy who's got just a, a ton of great hitters, uh, fewer pitchers, obviously. Uh, and that could work to his favor. I know a lot of guys keep hitters and then draft their pitchers later. So if he wants to really prioritize keeping some of his bats, including more fringe guys like Holiday, he can probably still make that happen and pick up you know, a decent rotation. There's enough pitchers out there that everyone can have at least an okay roster if they draft well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of drafts, uh, I know it's uh, way back in the rearview mirror now. We probably should have done this closer <laughs> to the time of the minor league draft if I'd been thinking about it at the time. But uh, you guys want to talk about that at all? Uh, give some of your impressions of how it went for you guys this year? Well, uh, for me, Jeremiah, you could talk. You did my draft, so. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of heat for your draft, unfortunately. No, I, um, I actually liked it, but go ahead. <laughs> I took a lot of heat from other people, I guess, about your draft. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought, focusing on Jamil's team, because my team was a, my draft was shitty. Um, I thought, I think Dylan Tate's still a really good arm. I do. Uh, but he's still I tried a couple to away, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I also tried to take guys that were like a little bit closer, right? Like Brett Phillips and Josh Hader are guys that oh, could yeah. possibly contribute to your team this year. And like, they're highly regarded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've traded a couple guys, right? Like Luis Ortiz, I think I own now. But he's a guy that was a big part of the um, Jonathan Lucroy deal, right? Yeah. So him and Lewis Brinson were like the main the main pieces in that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Like... Um, I, I was really Chum, shocked uh, Josh Hader wasn't a, a keeper. Like Whoever had him didn't keep him. Uh, I, really I think Ryan had him. Yeah. Yeah, and dropped him. So I thought that was a good pickup for you. Um, there, I think 10, 10 prospects is too many. I don't know about your opinions, but I think you're really scraping some bottom barrel guys when you get uh, 200 prospects, right? So that's kind of tough. Um, as for myself, I guess I already had five really, really good keepers that I had, so I think that's another thing too, right? Like my picks were were not very good because the, the later rounds come up and there's not a lot of value there per se. Um, I've I've added some guys now that I like. I mean, Fulmer is somebody I really like. Um, Ortiz, like we talked about, so yeah. I think prospects can really be helpful in the right situation, but unless they're going to contribute to your team. Within a year or two, and they're and I mean like elite level guys. I mean, they're just names on a list, right? That you can try to peddle to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Nick? I know you had like a, a strategy. I don't know if you're willing to elaborate on that, but uh, well, I, yeah, I think I think people who saw my draft know what my strategy was, uh, which is basically that there is I don't want to say a loophole, but the way our league is set up, you can not be a rookie by the Major League Baseball definition because of service time, but have not pitched enough innings to not be eligible for the minors for our league. So there were a lot of guys available who were either, like, had played a substantial amount of time in the majors in a relief capacity last year, uh, who were still eligible for the minor league draft this year, uh, and some guys who were just generally really close to getting called up and who have a good chance 
to start in 2017. And so that was the guys uh, that I really wanted to have and I wanted to acquire. Uh, I, of course, pulled my little gambit, uh, dropping Carl's Edwards, Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, right before the draft, only to draft him again back into my minor league system, which I, <laughs> uh, I was very proud of that, being able to pull that off. Uh, but I mean, I think I think that ten rounds is great, especially because if you put in, I don't want to say a lot of research, but if you put in some work, you can get some real gems. And so a guy like Ch- a Chance Adams from the Yankees, I mean, I was able to pick him up near the end of the draft, uh, but he's gonna hopefully pitch in the majors at some point in 2017. If not, you know, he's a top prospect for the future. But he's a guy that I think a lot of other teams overlooked. Because he wasn't in that top whatever list that Cam put together. And he wasn't a guy that a lot of the the websites that talk about prospects were talking about in a fantasy capacity just because he wasn't a top prospect. And so I think that's partially it is attributable to an information gap where there aren't a lot of leagues as deep as ours is. So there's not a lot of people out there who are talking about fantasy baseball in a minor league perspective aside from the very tough prospects uh and so uh that was something i was trying to exploit basically was to get guys who are close to the majors and were good but other teams might not know about or that i thought had a better chance of success than other people might think uh nick i have a question so uh guys like on your roster uh so last season you pulled your uh kind of last uh Gamble there, p- p- calling up De Leon, Jose De Leon and uh, Jake Thompson. So are those guys? They're not even though they pitch like one start. Are they like you have to keep them, or they can't be sent back to your uh, minor leagues uh, roster there? Yeah, uh, can't be sent back down. So uh, got some keeper based decisions with those guys to uh, look at. All right, all right. <laughs> I wonder if like Which you I'm... should be allowed to send guys down though. I mean, I understand that. We'll see. The gamble with not doing it, and that's why it's done. But sometimes I wonder. Like De Leon's a guy I, that like you he made like should... one start, right? He made one yeah, start. like yeah. he should be able to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm just as happy that I was able to call them up and keep them up when I did, because they're guys like Jose De Leon. Uh, regardless of if he gets traded or not, he's gonna be on someone's opening day roster, and I'm gonna want him up in the majors right away, starting pitching. Uh, Jake Thompson is probably going to pitch for the Phillies next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's, I might as well keep him on the major league roster already and then go into in, into the next year with a full complement of minor league guys instead of having, you know, my minor league system, but then, oh, I'm already down to eight because I just called up these two guys. And, like, I get, I get that it would be nice to have that extra protection, but I'm, as, I'm just as happy to trade that protection for depth. Mm-hmm. And you traded Jake Thompson recently, right? Oh, in the in the Christmas time, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, gave him over to Cam. Because, uh, I mean, I, like Jake Thompson, if I'm being honest, I'm not going to keep. Uh, yeah. He's, he's not keeper material. So uh, if Cam wants to do something with him, might as well. I don't care. So who did you get from him? Uh, well, that was uh, tacked on to the previous deal that Cam and I did, where uh, basically I just I gave Cam all my crap. And uh, he, he gets to be a little salesman for those guys, I guess. All right. Although I think I'm blowing up my spot by referring to them as crap, crap. on air. Yeah, no one trade with me. Keon Broxton is so underrated, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the next Billy Hamilton, I swear. 
Well, Billy Hamilton's not good either, so I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a good comparison, but uh, not in our league uh, anyway, unfortunately. Fair. Uh, I will also say, uh, I guess now I can really say this, that my deal with Kaminsky has gone through. The only guy I regretted drafting was Jorge Lopez. Uh, that was a situation where I, we've all been there, right? The guy you were intending to draft yeah, gets p- like picked right before you, and you just kind of have that moment of freak out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was really hoping that Cam uh, was not going to select Anderson Espinosa. Then I was going to be able to get him. Uh, so when he did, that was just a, a very quick recalibration that ended up with me just picking Jorge Lopez out of thin air <laughs> you're on when I really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it happens to the best of us, I guess. We'll see what happens. If it happens again at the Major League Draft, it's more of a concern. But. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the, but the major league draft is easier, right? Because you've got yeah. all the information right in front of you. You're not tabbing yeah. back between you know yeah. seven different spreadsheets. So, and That's the guys fair, yeah. you're gonna get, you they're pretty like established guys. Like you know who's who, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you've at least heard their names before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Now, did either of you guys? Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about your keeper strategies at all. I didn't have any keepers. Uh, I don't think Jamil did either. Uh, Jeremiah, what, what was your strategy with minor league keepers? Um, well, I just had five guys, like, like I was rebuilding, still re kind of in like a rebuilding, but trying to win now kind of thing. So I had five guys that according to top prospect lists were all in the top 25. So I just knew I was going to keep those five guys. Right. Uh, I had Meadows, Frazier, Giolito, Glassnow, and Barreto were, were the five that I kept. Um, mm-hmm. after that, I almost, I don't want to say I didn't care, but when you have five prospects like that, I mean, you can kind of like make some screw ups in the, the latter half of the draft. Right. So, um, I just wanted trade chips, I guess. And then I, I was going to keep a couple of them and I was going to go for position players, but the way the draft played out, everybody was kind of taking a lot of the position players I had on my list and it was painful to, to sit for five rounds. Right. So I was kind of just drafting for Jamil and sitting through five rounds, but I'd say it's actually you're at a big bigger disadvantage than people think, right? Like if you have keepers, you're you're at a big big disadvantage, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the I guess the counter argument is were those five guys better than like the top picks in the draft? And my answer is I don't know. It's close. Just a just a side yeah. note. Uh, you you said uh, Giolito. What do you guys think of yeah. that that trade uh, in in real uh, MLB of uh, the White Sox and uh, the Nationals there for Adam Eden? <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, a, that was kind of like I didn't know he was I, worth that much. <laughs> I think uh, I think that the Nats overpaid, and uh, I mean, my question is why couldn't that get Andrew McCutcheon? Is exactly. my question <laughs> like why wasn't that good enough? Right? Like, sure, I agree with most people that Giolito came and wasn't impressive in the majors, but I mean, how many pitchers come up in their major league debut and blow people away? Right? Like. It's weird to me how that works. Like you see Jose uh, De Leon come up, and I mean he gets torched in a couple starts, but there's no shine off of his polish, you know. And then Giolito mm-hmm. comes up in a similar fashion and loses a lot of uh, a lot of hype, right? I, I just don't know how people can compare that, right? Like, but I think his stock was lowered a bit, and then you throw in like Ronaldo Lopez. I think some people see him as a reliever. And uh, I, th- I think the Nats are just desperate, simple as that, right? Like, the center field market <clears throat> after Fowler, like, was non-existent. And Eaton's not even a good center fielder. It's like, if we're talking outside of our league, 
Like his defensive run saved in center field is like negative. So mm. it it leads to the, like as a as a right fielder, he's a top like defensive guy, but center field he's like yeah. average. Like I looked at that trade, and I'm like, I even like uh Charlie Blackman better than Adam Eaton. So that was kinda perplexed of that trade. <clears throat> well, and the real question for me, I mean, I think Adam Eaton is just an imperfect fit for the uh for the Nats. Because, yeah. like, where does he bat? I mean, they're, they're probably not going to bat him leadoff. They're probably not going to bat him second. So you yeah. paid that much for a guy who's going to hit, like, what, six? In the bottom, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think that was uh, maybe not the best situational awareness that Washington could have shown. Yeah, I mean, I just think it was kind of like a trigger thing, right? Like, it was just a, a panic move, right? You see people doing things and you want to... Well, I was just... Curious, like I was like, because they offered those same guys for sale, and then it's like, so is Adam Eden the same value as close to yeah, the sale? Yeah. So I was like, what the hell? So, <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, you got to throw in that they didn't get a closer either, so you know their fan base was probably cantankerous, right? So, yeah. I mean, the Nats are in, I think the Nats are worse, considerably worse this year, but that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, so is there anything else kind of pressing for you guys? Like, what's. Uh, well, I can I can read off a couple league commissioner notes. Oh uh, yeah, okay. While I, we have this time, go for it. <laughs> uh, so this is most uh, most of you guys have been a few times around that track. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this is more of a, a helpful reminder than anything else. Uh, but <coughs> some things to bring up uh, would be that. Uh, the new fantasy baseball, like the fantasy baseball 2017 on ESPN, is going to open sometime in the week following the Super Bowl. Uh, we have no control over this; it just kind of happens. Uh, and so then we'll be able to go forward. Then the keeper deadline is probably going to be somewhere around Valentine's Day. The draft will be sometime around March 1st. Again, no dates until it actually opens. Uh, and uh, from a personal standpoint, uh, I'm sort of moving into an editor-in-chief role for our web content here at FlexFox Broadcasting. Uh, and I know a lot of people who listen to this show, uh, some people who don't, have either written for the website before or have been interested in writing or are interested in hosting a podcast or being a regular podcast guest. All of those things are really valuable. Uh, we're really trying to step up our game in terms of content this year. So if you want to do any of that stuff, uh, get in contact with me. We're doing a mini website rebuild right now. Uh, so it's going to look brand spanking new in time for the new season and your content could be highly featured on that. And so, uh, it's a great opportunity. So reach out to me if that appeals to you. Um, I know that some people are curious about the new ownership that could be coming into the league. Uh, I don't have any, you know, I'm not the guy approving new owners or anything. Uh, so I don't have any front row seat to that. Uh, and so I don't, I don't want to say too much other than, you know, there, there are still moves being made. There's still stuff coming, boys. So, uh, so stay calm for now. Uh, also <clears> the, <throat> the award show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, keep going. Uh, so the, the award show, uh, <laughs> there, there will be awards given out at some point. It's just a question of how, uh, and when. Uh, but keep keep your eyes open on that. You know, don't think I've forgotten about all of you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Anything you guys want to know about? Well, just if I can interject a, a 
if anybody, just to like substantiate Nick's point, if anybody does want to do like content or anything like that, having done it last year, I'll tell you, it's it's a great experience and you get a good feeling out of it by doing it. So if anybody's even kind of thinking about writing, I would highly suggest talking to Nick because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, like, I, like, I mean, to, to jump on that even further, like it, this is a fairly low stakes way to get some really good writing experience. Like if you have any interest in sports writing or just you have to write for work in general, I found this was a really helpful way to improve my own writing. So I can imagine that it would be a great way for anyone else who's interested in doing that to do so too. And uh, I I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I hope Jamil is still going to stick on this year because he's hilarious. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I have to say (laughs) as a viewer of the content, like I, it's actually like awesome reading you guys' stuff. Like especially like, you know, like I'm on the bus, just need some time, need some reading done. You know, yeah. like get a yeah, good yeah, laugh yeah, here, yeah. get some good analysis going down. So kudos to you guys for uh, putting some nice stuff up there. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, good to know that people out there are reading it and the weekly show specifically. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely willing to to sign on for one more year. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah. Oh yeah, season two, baby. yeah can't wait it's gonna be good it's gonna be good uh anything else from you guys you want to wrap it up now uh sure yeah i mean i i don't know about you guys but i'd be up for doing a uh doing a show after the draft might be a good time to do one Oh yeah, like a post-draft yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, like an analysis of the draft, and then maybe maybe then we could talk winners losers of the off season because I know that there's still a month left. And yeah, maybe some early predictions here and there. Yeah, yeah. who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, bold prediction right now: Mike and uh, Ryan in the finals this year. It's my bold prediction. <laughs> oh wow, early, huh? <laughs> is, is it even bold? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first. Uh, lots of time left for uh, predictions, bold or otherwise. Uh, we'll definitely be back at some point before the regular season starts. Uh, but for now, I think that I am Nick Penner on behalf of the weekly show saying good night and good continuing the off season. All right.